the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Aubrey Sampson, as always, joined by my co-host, Brian Fromm. So thrilled today to talk about something that Brian and I are really passionate about. That's the spiritual life, the contemplative life, spiritual practices, we're joined by founding director of the Order of the Common Life and author of a new book called Finding Freedom in Constraint, Reimagining Spiritual Disciplines as a Communal Way of Life. Jared Boyd, welcome to The Common Good. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, so excited to have you here. Okay, so you are interested in this idea of the constraints of the spiritual life, specifically in community or as a collective. How did you even start finding an interest in this? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I struggled in my spiritual life in my early 20s. I hit, you know, a giant deconstruction, like long before it was a thing. Mm -hmm. And this was like in early 2000s. And I discovered the contemplative stream of the church. And as I dug deeper and deeper, I discovered uh, all of the monastic history and the history of religious orders and and then for the past like 10 or 12 or 15 years, I've just been digging around in that world and, and have noticed that the way that all of that tradition thinks that we change is by practicing together in community some forms of spiritual disciplines, constraints, um, you know. And so I think just over time, I've recognized that I cannot do this alone. And I really need other people around me in order to to grow spiritually. Yeah. Uh, Jared, some people might be listening going, I don't even know what you mean by the contemplative mm. kind of monastic. Yeah. Can you paint a picture yeah. for the life you're describing there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I would I would maybe just start by saying the contemplative life is this life. It, it's this idea that that when we slow down and when we get quiet, that that God is actually right there. He's actually present right in us, inside of us. You know, the, the scriptures talk about that, that God has made a home inside of us through the Holy Spirit. He has poured out his love into our hearts through the Spirit. And so the contemplative life is just a life that is ordered uh, around trying to pay deeper attention to that. What is God doing in me? How is God loving me? What is God inviting me to how am I responding to that? And so it's a spiritual life that is focused really on those questions. And in the end, it's really focused on one's own experience of God. Mm-hmm. Like, so you know, through the scriptures, through prayer, ahead. through community. So, yeah. I, I'm interested in that. Sorry, Jared, didn't mean to cut you off there. But I, I'm interested because we often think of this sort of contemplative life as um, something we do individualistically, but you're actually calling the church to do something different. What if it's a communal way of life? I know that's something you write about in your book, Finding Freedom in Constraint. Can you unpack that concept for us? Yeah, the, the communal part of it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
man, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor, a spiritual director, and I, I just I've been talking to people for a long time over the past 10 years about, you know, their lives um, and how, how we change. And most people that I've ever talked to who try to think about uh, taking on a spiritual practice or a spiritual discipline, if they do it by themselves, it, it maybe lasts, you know, three or four weeks tops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, even in our in our sort of present cultural context, I'm super excited about the fact that people are talking about rule of life and that kind of thing. But the interesting thing about the history of a concept of a rule of life or, or a set of practices that one takes on is that it's always been done in community, mm. in places like monasteries, in, um, you know, religious orders like the, you know, the Catholic orders like the Franciscans or the Jesuits. These are people who say, I need some structure to my life. I need some practices. I need a particular lens through which I'm, I'm thinking about my life with God. And I'm going to need some brothers and sisters around me in order to help me do that. Mm. And I think that, you know, when we think about the, the spiritual practices, we, we uh, you know, we're leaning on, on, on folks like um, Dallas Willard or, mm-hmm. or Richard Foster, who, man, I am so grateful for those men in their place in evangelical sort of imagination. But I think that, that because evangelicalism tends to be very individualistic, um, you know, even the books that Willard and, and Foster wrote, they tend to, at least the, the celebration of discipline and, and some of the, the works of Willard, um, and this is not meant to be a critique, it's just an observation, it tends to have people then focus on what am I doing in my spiritual life mm-hmm. to grow. Yeah. And I think what I'm asking us to sort of graduate into is like, what are we doing together? I think is the question that history has, has been asking. And I think that as, as evangelicals or post evangelicals or where, whatever it is that we're in right now, <laughs> yeah. um, I think that we need to reach really deeply back into this contemplative history and ask the question, how have people changed? And I'm just finding that, that we really need to do this together in order for anything to really work. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What do, so most people, when they hear spiritual disciplines, like you said, who haven't read Willard or Foster or whatever, kind of think, well, I read my Bible and I pray. Like that's, that's kind of (laughs) all they've been, what help people understand what are some of the spiritual disciplines uh, other than those two that you're speaking of? Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I choose six. You know, I could have mm. chosen different ones, but I, I begin with solitude and silence as a discipline. I just think, you know, no one, no one would dis. I don't think anyone would disagree that our world is quite noisy. Yeah. That it's pretty hard to find time to just be alone with God, um, and I just think it takes actually some effort to kind of push off, uh, you know, our calendars a little bit and. To quiet the the Netflix and the quiet, <laughs> and, yeah. and to actually just have some time alone. And so, I I just actually don't know that most people can grow in their spiritual life without centering at least a little bit of alone time, um, and to get really present to themselves. You know what is actually going on inside of me. This takes some discipline. Most right. people 
myself included, I mean, I'm prone to distraction. Like if, if, if I'm feeling anxious, um, you know, I do things to try to distract myself from yeah. that mm, anxiety, right, whether, right. you know, whether I, whether I know it or not, you know? <laughs> so I begin with solitude and silence. Um, we talk a little bit about simplicity mm. um, and I talk about simplicity really in three areas and um, like food, clothing and possession, mm. you know, and it's not like, am I, Am I eating simply? It's yeah. it's more like, what is my relationship to food? Is it simple or is it complex? Interesting. What is my relationship to clothing? Is it simple or is it complex? Now, hmm. most people haven't thought about that a lot. Um, but what is my relationship to possessions, like or the accumulation of wealth? Like, how much real estate are those things taking in my life? And I find that while I don't know that I've met anyone that, you know, struggles with all three of those things where it like takes up a ton of space yeah. in their mind. Yeah. But I've never met anyone who, who doesn't realize that one of those things is taking up more real estate in their heart and in their life than they really wish mm. it would. And so we have an odd relationship with food, you know, in our culture. Um, so, um, yeah, solitude and silence, simplicity. I talk about uh, the, the constraint of, of love in marriage and celibacy. So not something that we're talking a lot about yeah. in the world yeah. right now. Um, so I'm trying to borrow from the history of this tradition and sort of recontextualize that in the 21st century and ask some questions um, of people. Mm. Oh, it's so fantastic. Jared, where can our people find and follow you and where can they grab a copy of your book? Yeah, um, a copy of the book anywhere uh, books are sold, really. So Amazon or uh, University Press is the publisher, so you can find it there. And then my website is just jaredpatrickboyd.com, and that links out to all the different kinds of projects that I'm working on right now. Perfect. Jared, thanks so much for being here with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.